Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. children can run free so take my hand and walk this land with me and walk Good evening and welcome to Yadia Radio. I'm uh, Greg here with uh, Kirk. Uh, pleasure to be with you on this uh, Shabbat uh, evening. It was a very disheartening uh, week, but uh, these kinds of weeks will become commonplace. The world met uh, for a uh, an international festival of the new religion. Uh, the new religion is called uh, climate change. Sounds like a funny name for a religion, but if you looked at any of the images or listened to any of the speeches that uh, came out of this conclave, you would recognize that um, this is the progressive religion. And it isn't a, uh, a religion based upon fact, but on conspiracy. And the purpose of their environmental movement is not to restore the earth but instead to redistribute money. It is, uh, it just as COVID has become, it is a means to deprive people of their livelihoods. It's a means to control individuals. It is a means to uh, demean and punish success. And it is a means to reward failure so that those who are failures will support them. That is the nature of this. There images, their speeches, were more zealous than typically witnessed in a religious revival meeting. And there is no validity to their claims. Now, I am not a climate denier. I uh, readily acknowledge that there is a climate. Moreover, uh, I am not a climate change denier because I will regularly admit that that outside of where I live here in paradise, there is a thing called seasons, and the climate does change <laughs> where I live. You know, the, the difference between uh, winter and summer is about four degrees. And, uh, you know, that a really, really cold night 
blistering cold here is 70, and an exceedingly hot day, a day where you have to run for cover uh, at the uh, peak of uh, the day is uh, in the high 80s. So we get a 20-degree temperature change from the lowest of the lows to the highest of the highs. That's not exactly uh, a, a place where climate change uh, is uh, is something that you would experience. However, this is the reality. And I, I mentioned this last week, uh, that one of the founders and, pre- and former president of Greenpeace, uh, a, a scientist, uh, came out and just said that the whole climate change movement is a complete and utter hoax. And he said the same thing that happened to Greenpeace. He says, Greenpeace, we started based upon a scientific agenda. Uh, we recognize that um, atmospheric testing of atomic weapons was a really bad idea, and we stopped it. We recognize that slaughtering whales was a really bad idea, and we essentially stopped it. But he says once we became successful at stopping those two things, our movement was taken over by liberal and um, political influences. And he says at that point, it just became a stupid agenda. The same thing is true with the myth of climate change. Uh, here is the, uh, the reality. Is that the Earth, every three to 600 years, does a cycle, goes through a cycle. Uh, the cycles are warm and the cycles cool. They, Variation between warming and cooling can be anywhere from uh, one to two degrees uh, Celsius. Um, It's exactly what we're headed towards uh, this time. Uh, These cycles, and there's there's mega cycles and the mini cycles, the ones I'm talking about now are mini cycles. There's typically three to 600 years of cooling followed by three to 600 years of warming. And the, the couple things that are interesting is that these cycles began, we can record them in uh, sediment layers in the, uh, in the oceans and uh, in lakes uh, because various things thrive uh, in warmer weather or in cooler weather. Uh, we can monitor them going back millions of years. And Kirk, unless I'm mistaken here, mm-hmm. uh, millions of years ago, there was no internal combustion engine and nobody was burning coal no you'd be correct yes so uh the warming and cooling periods go back millions of years there are a number of them about uh four five cycles during the period of recorded history so we know how mankind fared during cooling and warming periods because we have 5,000 years of recorded history now, almost 6,000 years of recorded history, whereby we can monitor the effects on humanity. And what we find is, is two things. One is that the average body mass of Homo sapiens changes about 20% during the warming and cooling periods. There's enough time for the survival rates of smaller humans to do better during global cooling and larger humans to do better in global warming. And there's less food 
during the cooling period so humanity grows smaller. And we can actually measure that now back a couple of hundred thousand years. And the fossil record is very clear. And during the period of, of, of recorded history, what we find is that most tragic events in, uh, in human history, like, for example, the devastation of the, uh, the Black Death and the plagues throughout the world, particularly mm-hmm. in Europe, occurred during a cooling period. And the reason was that while the, I think it's a, uh, it a virus or a bacteria for the plague, I've forgotten which one it is, but um, it's been around for a very long time. And it's still around. Uh, it's, uh, and a number of places in the South Pacific, it is still around, the bubonic plague. But during a cooling period, uh, people were malnourished because food was harder to grow, particularly in the, norm- the northern hemisphere where most people live. And so people were malnourished, and therefore they were more susceptible to disease. And so, and, uh, and that when... Uh, there is less food. People come into the places where food is gathered into and distributed, which is in cities, and of course it, it spread more rapidly because of that. Uh, the, the fall of civilizations typically play, takes place during the cooling periods, um, and um, like the medieval periods of, uh, of catastrophic collapse of civilization, a cooling period. The growth of uh, civilizations warming period. The last uh, global cooling period ended about uh, between 1825 and 1850. Now, that happened to be coterminous with the Industrial Revolution. And so, not willing to tell you the whole truth, they just say, well, look at uh, glaciers since the time of the Industrial Revolution in the 1850s, and they have retreated, that is proof that the Industrial Revolution and carbon fuels are warming the earth and causing the retreat of glaciers. And with the retreat of glaciers, we're ultimately going to have less reflected sunlight, the earth is going to warm, and we're all going to drown. Uh, it's just not true. Uh, yes, these, these events were reasonably coterminous, but one was unrelated to the other, just that the last cooling period ended uh, after, a, after 600 years of, uh, of a cooling period, and we entered a warming period. That's actually good for humanity. It's not bad. It's good for almost mm-hmm. all forms of animal life. Not all. There are some that, that uh, suffer as the earth warms, but almost all um, of life on earth does better in warmer weather than it does in cooler weather. That's the reason why if you were to go to Antarctica on a beautiful summer day, you would, uh, you would find very little alive. And yet if you go to the middle of, uh, of Africa into a rainforest or the Amazon uh, into a rainforest, no matter what time of year, you're going to find it thriving with life. That's just the, uh, the nature of it. Uh, so these periods have, have gone on for a long time, and there, uh, there are three factors. There are, there's a solar um, rhythm that contributes to them. The, the sun has a, a rhythm of warming and cooling, uh, and, the, and 
flares and storms and this sort of thing. There's actually a rhythm to it. Uh, our Earth's orbit is not consistent all the time, and nor is the Earth's axis totally consistent. And so these things all contribute to it. Mm-hmm. Now, the other issue is that if mankind were to divert 100% of its resources to climate change, it's unlikely that we could make even a 5% difference because 95% of the factors are outside of human influence. And and if we were to do that, it would be like the response to COVID-19 because people were deprived of their livelihoods, because they were deprived of their freedoms. Far more people died and will die than have have and will die of COVID, especially exclusively of COVID as opposed to the the deaths recorded as COVID, even though there were three other comorbidity morbidity issues uh, involved. The same mm-hmm. thing is uh, true with the climate change. If we were to divert uh, our activities away from improving the burning of coal, for example, and, uh, and uh, using fossil fuels uh, while we transition to other forms of renewable energy, which, which, are still challenging. And uh, if we were to do that and do it on a reasonable basis, we're, we're not crippling the economy. And by not crippling the economy, we produce more food. We uh, um, are able to build more shelter. We're able to develop more uh, medicines and healthcare facilities and better education. Everything is better if uh, we don't punish success and reward failure because the whole globing, global uh, climate change mission is a socialist endeavor. It is to redistribute wealth with the people who are doing the redistributing profiting as, uh, as a result of it. And so that is, the, that is our reality. Um, you don't hear a lot of voices saying it, even though the research is plentiful to validate what I'm saying, is because... In today's world, you are mocked, you are censored, you have the thought police, you have everybody want to go after you because they don't want you to say these things. Truth isn't even an alibi. And so it's very difficult for someone to speak out and, uh, because they'll lose their livelihood, they'll lose their credibility, they'll be attacked. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's not something that folks are willing to do. But what I've shared with you is reality. And yet they've created this conspiracy that man is manipulating mm-hmm. it for the very purpose of, uh, of the individuals uh, gaining more influence and control, which is why people move into government. Sure. Well, these people who are in charge of making this happen, turning this into a reality. Are they not afraid of anarchy or the overthrow of the governments? I mean, people get really mad when you take away everything they got, when you well, overtax them. I mean, this is a big tax bill coming. Yeah, and, uh, well, the you know, the, 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 well, the estimate, and it doesn't really matter uh, because uh, here's, here's what they do. Uh, the estimates for phase one of this um, climate change process is $100 trillion. One hundred. Yeah, you heard me right. It's one hundred million. And that's like uh, LBJ's. And that's like LBJ's uh, estimate for the cost of 
Medicare and Medi-Cal, I said it would be you know, 2% of the U.S. economy at, uh, at, at the full uh, implementation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Medicare and, and Medi-Cal are, are uh, closer to 30%. Uh, and so that's the, the initial estimate is $100 trillion. Uh, the only way to come up with $100 trillion is through fiat money uh, and to create the illusion of, uh, of solvency, which debases everyone's uh, assets. So they steal it through uh, inflation. Uh, the second thing that they do is what they have done worldwide. They've decided that uh, it doesn't matter how much money a corporation makes uh, or that the fact that corporate taxes are taxation without representation because they can't vote uh, or that the employees of the corporations are the ones that should pay income tax if you're going to have an income tax, not a non-personal entity. They've decided that worldwide there'll be a minimum tax of 15% on corporations, and it's not necessarily on profits. Then they have this billionaire's tax, which they say, it doesn't matter that uh, we have uh, rules on capital gains, which encourages an investment in the economy, and that low capital gains rates are essential to a vibrant economy. If you uh, are worth a certain amount of money, we're just going to confiscate your money. And for a while, they had an alternative minimal tax, where if, even if it, you had liabilities that, and, and expenses that, uh, that offset your income, it didn't matter. We're just going to tax your revenue uh, and not even consider any other factor. So they, they simply continue to penalize success to the point that no one gives a crap anymore. And, well, you look at the state of California. In the state of California, uh, you have a mass exodus of, uh, of businesses and uh, entrepreneurial kinds of people because you're mm-hmm. taxed into oblivion. There's, uh, there's no incentive to create anything there. So that is where we are. It is a wealth redistribution act and the most recent confab was nothing but a religious revival meeting. Um, and if you don't think so, listen to the, uh, the speeches. Uh, progressiveness is, uh, uh, has a religious aspect to it as did socialist secular humanism. Um, and as does all conspiracies then within the progressive movement, there are many conspiracies. Uh, uh, one of them uh, revolves around the woke movement, around uh, the uh, critical race theory, around uh, Black Lives Matter, whereby claims of institutional racism uh, uh, are used to explain why African Americans are, uh, are doing poorly uh, relative to others in the society when in fact the most upwardly mobile nation, the least racist nation, the least stratified nation in human history is the United States of America. Um, It's the furthest from a caste system that the world has ever known. And it has been exceedingly prosperous until uh, the progressives and liberals and socialist secular humanists managed to burden it to the point where you know, it's essentially a socialist economy. And they have uh, crippled, which was once magnificent. And now all they're doing is moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic. But that is where we sit. And, uh, you know, this may be the third straw, and I will be uh, banned forever for telling you the truth. But, folks, that's the truth. 
And you need to know, because just as COVID was used to deprive you of your liberty and livelihoods, which is right now we have what's called the Great Resignation, not only in the United States, but worldwide, where a huge percentage of the workforce says, I'm not going back to work. I don't want to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. What a phenomenon, huh? It is quite wow. the, uh, the phenomenon. Uh, they, they broke the economy. And, uh, and I'm not second-guessing this. The moment they discussed it, I used every statistic analytics that I could possibly uh, muster to tell you what the consequence of this was going to be. And uh, it turned out to be exactly as I had uh, foretold. Um, And so global warming and uh, climate change is the the same uh, thing. Um, And it's being used in the same way. Um, And it's going to garner trillions of dollars of of squandering monies. around the world and with rich companies, uh, countries paying uh, an abnormal share. And of course, what's interesting is that in this most recent confab, uh, while uh, Biden recommitted the United States in traitorous fashion, by the way, he is really unpopular right now and for good reason. uh, Three of the world's top five contributors to, to all forms of, of, carbon monoxide and and various kinds of pollution. Three of the top five are not signatories. So what in the hell good does it do if three of the top five nations say we're not going to play? They include China, which is the biggest polluter now in the world, Mm -hmm. India, and Russia. So if they're not going to play, why are the rest of the, of the world making sacrifices just so that those economies can uh, prosper at our expense? Oh, Frankly, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah it's, we are devolving uh, exceedingly uh, quickly. Um, there was an item in the news uh, this week, too, um, where they just took one story out of uh, out of millions that are taking place around the world. But in the world of, uh, of Islam, uh, this old fart, he was uh, 55 years old. Uh, you know, some people uh, might be past that. But this guy, he looked like he was 85. I was looking at a picture of him. He looks about 85. Uh, and he's dressed in, uh, it looks like diapers, uh, with a white gray beard. And uh, there's a, uh, a girl who comes up a little past his waist. Um, she is nine years old. It's an exact replica of what Muhammad did. He was 53 uh, when uh, he um, had sex with a, uh, a six-year-old girl. They, he was yeah, 50, uh, uh, five, 56 when she was nine. Uh, and he bought her. He bought her. Poor little nine-year-old girl and this disgusting Muslim man bought her for a sex toy. And, of course, the, the, the mother that is selling this child has got you know, two holes in the, you know, the black tent that she's wearing because women have no rights and Islam. And this mother is, because she is so corrupt, mother's uh, 
stretching the use of the normal use of the word, mm-hmm. is there profiting from the sale of her selling her into what is essentially slavery and sex slavery. And the world gives Islam a pass. Isn't it amazing? Hey. There's a new trend across the, the, uh, the country, um, and that is that since uh, the Biden administration um, passed legislation or signed an executive order that says uh, on large companies, once you get to a certain size, uh, you are required to have every employee vaccinated and any vac- unvaccinated employee cannot work there. Now, you know, that's, that's kind of like uh, the government telling businesses they need to collect the taxes for the government. Uh, and that yeah. telling, dictating to businesses that they need to pay the health care for, uh, for uh, the, uh, the people. It's not their responsibility to pay for the people's health care. It's not their responsibility to collect the government's taxes. And, and rather than paying these companies to do those kinds of things, of course, the government confiscates their, uh, their profits. Uh, no, no wonder America's corporate world is collapsing. But uh, uh, so there's, you know, there's a percentage of workers, I don't know if it's 15, 20, 25 percent of the workers of, this corp- of these larger businesses that are saying, oh, my God, it's an infringement of our rights. The government's going to control us. We're not going to do this, no. And so they've come up with one of two uh, themes. One is to a small percentage are claiming uh, a, mer- a medical exemption. And I would guess, you know, if, uh, if, if it could be shown that there was some prevailing ailment or condition other uh, that, you know, one that you'd have no influence over, that if you had mm-hmm. type, uh, you know, a uh, positive blood, that you had a 50% chance of, of uh, having Bell's palsy, uh, that you would say, oh, well, I want a medical exemption. Hey, of course, that's not the case. Uh, so that, that flies in the face of, okay, you're going to have to prove it, and so far there's no evidence. And second... They're claiming a religious exemption. So they're getting churches and pastors to say, yep, my religion uh, is devoted to being anti-vax. And so they're going to the, and you've got places like Liberty, Old Falwell University, which will send out lawyers to defend the nincompoops who are conspiratorial. And And so they're destroying what little credibility their religion had and they had by claiming a religious exemption for doing what's sensible. It's just staggering. I mean, listen, I'm no fan of the Christian New Testament, but I know it pretty damn well. And I can assure you, there is no comment in there about thou shall not be vaccinated. As a matter of fact, in the Christian New Testament, it actually says, trust your government. Submit to your government. Do what your government orders you to do. So if you happen to be a Christian, you damn well better live up to what Paul wrote in the 13th chapter of Romans and submit to your damn government. Either that or don't be a Christian. There is no mention of vaccines. There is a mention. In fact, it is emphatic in Romans 13 that you need to submit to your government. I'm here to tell you that Paul lied. He was a scallywag. He was the plague of death. 
and therefore you should throw out your entire Christian New Testament. But and if you do, you could disassociate from government if you wish to. Still doesn't give you the right to be stupid medically and to make other people uh, susceptible because you're being stupid. Good grief, folks. Get vaccinated. It is the intelligent thing to do. It makes you eminently safer for not only yourself, but those that you uh, you love. If it was polio, we wouldn't have this uh, argument. <laughs> well, you know, like they used to. Yes. Uh, but, you know, anti-vax became an exceedingly popular aspect of uh, the uh, conspiratorial uh, repertoire in the last uh, 15 years. And the and it began when a nincompoop in uh, Great Britain, who has been uh, thoroughly exposed and condemned, he was a complete fraud, uh, he had an investment in a competing mumps and rubella vaccine. And so he fabricated information. There was no trial. He literally just pulled it out of his behind, fabricated uh, data to, uh, to show that the uh, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine uh, caused uh, autism in, uh, in children. Now, the fact of the matter, it doesn't. He never conducted any research. He was a complete fraud and a financial huckster, and he was immediately found out to be a fraud. And there's you know, hundreds of articles showing the evidence of where he was proven to be a fraud, and then hundreds more that showed that there is no correlation between uh, autism and, uh, and those vaccines. None. And yet the conspirators are just so unbelievably stupid. And, and stupidity is really the right term, that they will believe mm-hmm. anything. And literally, they'll believe anything. The truth could be right in front of their eyes. It could be, it, it could be exceedingly well-defined. Uh, Their lies could be proven upside down and and all around as being lies. Doesn't faze them. With a conspirator, evidence and reason is about as effective as it is with a religious person. Um, So there you go. That's the uh, that's the reality, Uh, and it's a real sad uh, reality. The the bottom line here is get vaccinated. And stop pretending that there is a uh, a religious exemption for it. You're making a fool of yourself, and it's and it's particularly uh, uh, sad because of the fact that uh, um, the Christian New Testament mm. actually tells yeah, you to submit to your government. That's right. Yep. So anyway, that's my report on the uh, the news today. I'd like to return to the uh, the Torah. Uh, we were uh, uh, studying uh, Zechariah, uh, and we're mm-hmm. in uh, the second uh, yeah, pardon two seven. So this two is seven, what it yeah what it says. Oi, eh, when you read oi, that's not a good thing. That means God's telling you something uh, that you better pay attention to because the consequence of not paying attention could be grievous, could cost you your life. I am warning and admonishing you. Boy, this warning, this encouragement 
uh, to incite action. Escape. Malat, flee. Be delivered. Be rescued. Be spared. Be saved. To the church? No. To the mosque? No. To the synagogue? No. To the Republican Party? No. To Q? No. To your favorite uh, conspiracy advocate? No. Okay. No. Talk radio. To Washington? No. To the Vatican? No. Flee where? To Zion. Yeah, where's them? Eventually, yeah. Zion. Yeah, to Zion. Yeah, the mount. Yep. To the signs posted along the way. The Zion is the ridge line on Mount Moriah, Moriah. Uh, which included Dode's house on the lower part of the ridge, and yeah, I was at the top of the uh, the ridge. So, oi, I am warning you and admonishing you, escape to Zion. The signs posted along the way. Daughters, which is those living in the environs of, those connected with, those belonging to, even the effeminate offspring from Bana to have uh, built upon and caused the continuance of Babel, Babylon. Confusion through commingling. For this is what is conveyed by Yahweh of the spiritual influence. So there's a number of things here. One is God's issuing a warning. Remember, all of Zachariah is speaking of a single event. What is going to happen Prior to his return on Yom Kippurim, who is mm-hmm. returning with him on Yom Kippurim, why he is returning on Yom Kippurim, and what's going to happen immediately thereafter. The entire book of Zechariah is focused on this singular act and preparing God's children uh, for his return and preparing the rest of the world so that they are left without excuse. So God is giving his people this warning so that if they want to continue to be religious, they are left without excuse. He is saying, escape to Zion. Come back home. Come to the signs posted along the way. Now, you can look at Zion under the circumstances, one of two things. You can look at it as a place and therefore, he is calling them back home to the heart of the promised land. That's a little hard mm-hmm. for uh, for a lot of people to gather on uh, on the ridgeline of Zion. So, I'm in this particular case, Zion is being used symbolically. And all you need to know is what Zion means. Zion mm-hmm. is a sign that is posted along the way. He is return. He's asking us to return to the signs that Yahweh has posted. Where he has posted his signs is in his Torah. And that he is pretty disgusted with humankind. We have really become, humankind become very effeminate. Um, Men have been emasculated in today's world. It is, uh, uh, we've come to the point where we are doing everything imaginable uh, to feminize men and to masculize women so that there is a very minimal distinction between the two uh, and that men are being neutered in every possible way. Uh, 
And if you look particularly at religious Jews, boy, you will see the most effeminate men in the world. I mean, from their curly cues to their skinny little arms and their hands that have no calluses, have never done any work, lack of muscle, lack of backbone, lack of stature, uh, they, they might as well be girls. And then he says, these people are affiliated with Babylon. So he's asking them to leave Babylon. How long ago was the nation, the empire of Babylon, destroyed? Well, they only lasted a few hundred years, way back, uh, oh, God. Yeah, 450 BCE, no. rather. Yeah. That's yeah, when yeah. It, uh, it crumbled, and, and it died a, uh, a miserable, slow, and uh, mosquito-infested uh, death from about 450 yeah. BCE uh, to around 520? 50. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. So Babylon's long gone. So Babylon itself is serving as a metaphor or a symbol for something or some things. So let's let's, uh, think about it. Babel being. And this is not, by the way, the only place that Yahweh was calling people out of Babel. It's really emphatic in in Yermayah. And it's also. And Yermayah, it's the same timing. He's calling his people out of Babel before his return in the year 6,000 Yah, which is turning 2033. So Babel, the Hebrew word, means to intermix and commingle and thereby mm-hmm. to confuse. So you look at okay. rabbinical Judaism. Yeah, rabbinical Judaism. They yeah. intermix the Torah and the Talmud along with the Zohar, and this, this blending together of God's message and man's message, all it does is confuse. So it's intermixing to confuse. Christianity, it has tried to blend together very awkwardly what they call an Old Testament and a New Testament, emphasizing their New Testament. And so this is intermixing, which confounds. Islam. Islam uh, began by intermixing the Hanif poetry uh, from South Yemen and their god, Arachman, and then the pagan religion of the, uh, of the Koresh Hashem tribes in Mecca with then stories they pilfered and bought from, never paid the bill, so I guess that's still pilfering, uh, from oh, rabbis yeah. in Yathra. Um and it was this commingling of the religions that gave Islam a veneer of credibility, uh, which managed to confuse. Um, you look at the modern religions of progressivism uh, and of uh, woke and of socialist secular humanism and political correctness, they true. Uh, blend things together, like they'll blend uh, misinterpretations uh, and manipulation of science with politics. And they create a religious zeal from uh, having done so, and they confuse. So all of these things represent Babel, and Babel has never been as pervasive as it is today. And I'm here to tell you that there are four 
um, categories, really broad strokes of Babel that Yahweh is calling his people. And it could well be five, but let, uh, I'll, I'll be addressed each of them. First, there's religious Babel. And religious Babel is broken really into two. Uh, and those two represent Roman Catholicism and its influence on Christianity as a whole. Uh, yeah, I was very clear as he and Daniel presents the evolution of the satanic beast, beginning with Babylon, Media Persia, uh, Greece, Rome, and then Roman Catholicism. So uh, obviously Roman Catholicism is the beast that has tread upon the whole world. And so Roman Catholicism is Babylon. Second, Yahweh goes to great lengths to describe the nation most similar to Babylon uh, politically today. And he, in Yeshaya 18, delineates that nation as the United States of America. So political Babylon would be the United States. Uh, the United States is important in this regard because of the fact that uh, uh, 40% of Jews worldwide live in the United States. Um, the third form of Babylon is the one that uh, I didn't mention until fairly recently, uh, mm -hmm. but the core scriptural text of Judaism. What's it called? It's the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud. Mm-hmm. The Babylonian Talmud. They make no uh, effort to hide the fact that it is the Babylonian Talmud. No. So if God is speaking to his people and he is calling them out of Babylon, you have political Babylon in the United States, that's 40% of Jews worldwide, and you've got about um, uh, a third of Jews worldwide who are religious and uh, are being called out of the Babylonian Talmud. There are a lot of Jews who are converso Jews uh, who uh, converted to Roman Catholicism rather than be tortured and, and killed, robbed by the influence of the Roman Catholic Church. So there are many converso Jews and Roman Catholicism as well. The last form mm -hmm. of Babylon is the actual geographic environs. And the reason that's important is because now with DNA testing, we're able to find that Yahweh was correct when he says, I'm going to, to harvest my people. And he gives the names of places uh, that are consistent, A, with where the 10 tribes of the Northern Kingdom were hauled off into slavery by the Assyrians, and where today when we do DNA testing, we find a very high percentage of Jews. And so these places would be geographic Babylon. Now, one of the, the surprises, of course, is the Taliban, the Pushkin uh, tribe. Uh, very high uh, correlation of, uh, of J1 uh, genetics. Uh, and the leaders throughout uh, the world of Islam, um, mostly from the Hashem tribe of Muhammad's tribe, and Hashem is the name. Uh, so they have a very high percentage of uh, J1 uh, genetics as, uh, as well. Kind of funny since they uh, 
they attack Israel. Yeah. So um, these are the Babylonians. But you said there might be five. Yeah, well, you've got Roman Catholicism and uh, Judaism as really as two. And then politically, you have the United States. And the one that I I didn't uh, mention, I've uh, excoriated to begin the program, is the progressive uh, mentality. Oh, okay. Uh, There is, and the reason I, I speak of progressivism as a form of Babylon is that a very high percentage of Jews in, uh, in America and even worldwide, a very high percentage that are not overtly orthodox or uh, Hasidic, are progressives. Their r- religion now is their politics. They'll deny yes. Israel, and, and as all progressives are want to do, they will uh, claim that Israel is the, uh, is the nation that is... Uh, is the terrorist nation, and they'll claim apartheid. They'll claim everything that is true of the Islamic nations and uh, projected on Israel when none of it's true with Israel, and it is true of the nations that surround Israel that are trying to destroy it. But amongst progressives, evidence and reason do not matter. It's like a conspiracy. It's like a religion. Uh, And it is exceedingly pervasive among Jews. So the fifth form of Babylon, thank you for reminding me, is... The mm-hmm. growth of liberal progressive mentality, that new religion, the woke mentality. I, I don't even like to use mentality after woke because there's nothing, there's nothing cerebral about it. It's, it is, uh, it's nothing but conjecture and, and myth and, uh, and lies that are, that are woven together to, to provide excuses for people's miserable lives. But those are the things that Yahweh is expressly calling you away from. And if you don't want to leave, if you want to maintain your view as a liberal, uh, politically, progressive, uh, woke, uh, uh, support uh, critical race theory, um, support uh, wealth redistribution, large government, there's just no place for you in the covenant. Mm -hmm. If you want to be conspiratorial, there's no place for you in the covenant. If you want to be anti-Semitic, there's no place for you in the covenant. If you want to be a Christian or Roman Catholic, there is no place for you in the covenant. If you want to uh, to value and read from the Babylonian Talmud, there is no place for you in the covenant. And if you continue to identify with the religious and political influences in geographic Babylon and don't come home, there's no place for you in the covenant. It's why... As much as we are devoted to writing these uh, these books and to editing them and to providing them um, through uh, the Amazon, it, you know, Google my name, Craig Wynn, or Google Yada Yawa uh, uh, at Amazon, and it'll take you right to them. Uh, you can go to the Yada Yawa website and click on the books. And there's a link that will take you right to the entire series of uh, books. They're beautifully uh, presented there. You can buy them for uh, just like 10 or $15. And you get all 20-some-odd uh, uh, that have been edited in the Kindle electronic form. Uh, you can buy them in paperback. I think it's an average of about 12 bucks a piece. And you can buy them in now hardback. Uh, and I think they're you know, probably will average uh, $15, $16 a piece and a hardback. I mean, 
these are books that are averaging like 600 pages for big books. And those are, that's yes. exceedingly cheap. That's just the cost of publishing. There's no royalty involved in it. Uh, and then if you don't want to do that, you want to read them online, they're available free in their entirety on, uh, online. The new yadaya.com site is beautifully organized and exceedingly accessible, whether you're reading on a smartphone or a tablet or your laptop or on a desktop uh, computer. Um, but the reason we do this is to call, we're dedicated to calling Yahweh's people back home. And even with that enormous effort and the benefit of these programs, we recognize that there are not going to be um, a lot of people. You know, when, when Yahweh touches back down here on earth with Dode, they're not going to be a big crowd. We would love for there to be millions of, uh, of Jews and millions of, uh, of Gentiles. Wouldn't that be lovely? But they're mm-hmm. not going to be. There's going to be very few. And, uh, you know, that's okay. Um, so long as we have done our best to call Israel and Yahuda back to Yahweh, so long as Yah was pleased with, uh, with his result of his return and with us for being devoted to doing this job as well as we can, it's then it's all good. Yeah. yeah, then it's all good. So, you know, we're not responsible for changing people's minds. We're not responsible for saving Israel. All we are is responsible for correctly conveying Yahweh's message so that yeah. those who want to come home, those who want to embrace Yahweh, come to know him and, and learn what he is offering and expecting in return, can do so. Can read it. Yeah. Can read right. it in the side. And, of course, we would like for those like you, Kirk, and, uh, and for many others in the, uh, in the family to be able to grow. So, yes, mm-hmm. we are, in fact, our primary purpose is to awaken Yisrael and Yahuda, so that they can uh, come home. Uh, as this passage says, they can come out of the various forms of Babylon. Our second uh, most important responsibility is to make certain that the Gentiles who want to know this uh, have it available as well, and they can also make a good decision as to how to embrace Yahweh and become part of the covenant. Our third uh, most important responsibility is to feed, to nurture, uh, educate um, the members of Yahweh's covenant family because God does not want us to stay infants. He wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to be enlightened and to become more effective. And the way we do that is by studying his Torah and prophets. So that is our third responsibility. And our fourth responsibility is to openly, bluntly, boldly expose and condemn the various things that have led people astray, whether they be religious or political or conspiratorial. Um, and that, that is really our calling. That's, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, that's enough for a life. <laughs> Good. The, uh, the first Yatza, as we know, was from Mitzrayim, uh, representing the crucibles of religion and political uh, oppression. The second will be from Babel, which is confusion. Babylon is not only the birthplace of organized religion and where it was integrated into politics and the military, it's the place 
where nationalized belligerence, if you will, and a repressive casteism fundamentally changed the course of history. This is something that the critical race theory advocate, the woke mentality, and you know, woke is is slang. Uh, it's bad grammar. Uh, the concept of being woke came from um, the African American community um, many, many decades ago, and it was bad grammar. Uh, and now it's being embraced by those who would want us to view them as enlightened when they're anything but. Um, and so God is saying that that uh, that the way the world has been is unhealthy, and yet uh, those who favor large government seem to be wholly ignorant of the fact that you would be hard-pressed to find any civilization in recorded history that didn't have a caste system. I mean, we, Americans in particular have no idea how much better they have it than have any people in the history of humanity. In Rome, they had the most complex caste system probably in the world. And if you were born into a, a caste, there was typically no mobility, even one rung up, and the only place of any consequence where you could move upward within the caste system was if you devoted more than 20 years of your life to the Roman legions, which were brutal, place of no freedom and ultimate savagery, and you managed to survive and you were an exceedingly effective savage, you could move up from equestrian class uh, to, uh, to the next rung up. And that was it. Mm-hmm. No other upward mobility. You couldn't become like really successful as a merchant and move up and run for Senate. Not going to happen. And mm-hmm. the caste systems in Greece were as egregious. The caste system was, was pervasive in Egypt. The caste system was pervasive in, in Syria. It, was, uh, it existed among the Incas and the Mayas and the Aztecs. The Carthaginians, the Trojans, it's everywhere. It existed throughout the realms controlled by Roman Catholicism. If you were a serf, you were never going to be anything other than a serf. If you were a commoner, you were never going to be royalty. And if you were enslaved, you were a slave forever. So it's, that's the way the world was. And this experiment of upward mobility of no caste system of people being able uh, through uh, good choices and effort and invention to make their lives better. This is an experiment that is unique to America. And to now try to change that history and claim that it's the opposite of that is just completely and utterly ignorant. Now, I'm no fan of America. I mean, 
you know I'm the last person to be patriotic. Mm-hmm. I am not a patriot. I am not pro-America. I don't pledge allegiance to the, uh, the flag. I do not vote. I am not affiliated with any political party. I'm anti-political. But I can still tell you what I've shared with you is true. And, and so God is saying that you know, you've got to walk away from it. You need to disassociate yourself from these human political systems that have been so debilitating over, uh, over time, confounding people by mixing truth and lies. And, and that's really the essence of it all, is mixing truth and lies. Uh, it's the nature of every effective scam. Conspiracies all work by intermixing truth and lies. They'll look at, uh, at condensation trails and call them chemtrails. Well, there are chemicals in the condensation. There's chemicals in water vapor. Yes, indeed. And are they trails? Yes, just like a contrail is a chemtrail. Uh, yes, that's, uh, that's true. Are they, is that a government plot to poison you? No, that would be the dumbest idea ever at 31,000 feet in parts per billion. And the explanation is exceedingly simple. Uh, the jet engine consumes fossil fuels, uh, which uh, broken down create uh, uh, carbon dioxide, water vapor, and cold air holds less water than does warm air. The, engine, the air coming out the back of a jet engine is very warm when it is cooled in the resulting atmosphere. Uh, it condenses in the form of condensation and clouds. That's what it is. So are there some truth to what they say? Yes. Are there conclusions valid? No. But they do mix truth and, uh, and lies. It's the nature of, uh, of all of these things. There are, as I shared uh, earlier, there are five mm-hmm. incarnations of Babylon, and Yahweh was calling his people out from uh, all of them. Now, so at this point in the, uh, the prophecy, Zachariah ins- inserts himself into the story. And that's very common for prophets. Yahweh sends him to survey the modern purveyors of Babel, confusion. God's not going to overlook what they have done over the last, well, thousand years, two thousand years to his people. It reads, next and without hesitation. After the glorious appearance, he sent me to the Gentile nations who had plundered and victimized you. This is because he who touches you, especially if they assault you, they are antagonizing and abusing his little children from his viewpoint, whom he adores. Wow. Okay. Okay. There is no institution in human history that has been as abusive for a longer period of time to Yahweh's little children, Israel, than the Roman Catholic Church. That's a fact. And because the Roman Catholic Church has been, has literally based the religion on misappropriating, misappropriating all things Jewish and then condemning Jews, the basis of the damn religion. Uh, of course, it's completely hypocritical since 
their Jesus is actually Yosha, and he was Jewish. And even their uh, their Pied Piper, their uh, their wannabe prophet Paul, he too was mm-hmm. Jewish. Uh, and they carry around the Torah, which is written in Hebrew, and was written to Yisrael, and begins by addressing the birth of Yisrael and Yahweh's ongoing commitment to his people. So it is uh, you know, nothing but hypocrisy and contradiction. Uh, but because of Roman Catholicism and resulting Christianity, um, anti-Semitism is run rampant. Um, it has created the conspiracies of uh, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is a complete myth. It has created the conspiracy that uh, Jews are manipulating uh, Goyim and trying to somehow control the world and wipe them out in some kind of a ghoulish experiment. Completely untrue. Uh, it uh, perpetrates the uh, the myth that uh, Jews are controlling the world's economies. Uh, that is completely untrue. Um, and because of Roman Catholicism, we were given things like Nazism. Uh, and even before Nazism, this is one of the uh, the tragedies of uh, of people's recollections is they they want, and particularly in nations like Ukraine and uh, and in France and in Poland uh, and many other European nations, they want to blame the Nazis. But they were anti-Semitic. They were uh, intensely uh, hostile to Jews, torturing them in pogroms long before the Nazis. Uh, you know, Roman Catholicism was pervasive throughout Europe, and they were torturing and robbing and uh, afflicting Jews for a thousand years before there was even the notion of Nazism. So while Nazism uh, took the um, decimation of Jews to a a new high or low, depending on your perspective. Um, mm-hmm. The undercurrent and the exemplars of, uh, of anti-Semitism and of grotesque abuse of the Jews uh, permeated all of these countries to the point that they were all uh, abusing Jews for many, many hundreds of years, if not a thousand years or more prior to uh, Adolf Hitler and the, uh, the Nazis. And so what God is saying is what he has said throughout his Torah prophet. Um, Those nations and those institutions that harm his people, Israel, they're going to be destroyed. Um, And so um, um, it's just stupid to have, uh, have done so. Uh, it's just foolish to have done so. If you if you want to have Yahweh treat you well, it is essential that you uh, accept uh, Jews, that you stand with them. Now that doesn't mean that you can't criticize them. You can. Oh, well, but you can't. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You can't. 
promote anti-Semitic theories. You can't promote conspiracies. Mm-hmm. You can't side with institutional harm of, uh, of Jews. But can you say, you know, the Talmud has been counterproductive? Absolutely. Uh, so there are many things that you can say that are effective and that should be said. But uh, if you're anti-Jewish, you have absolutely no part in, uh, in Yahweh's family. And it's important that you uh, you recognize that well, that is that is our reality. Can we um, add two little things in the thing? Things say I know it's the bashing on bashing, but um, the Roman Catholic Church under the Pope in about 1930s, late 30s, you know, when he uh, told the um, the people of Germany they were Catholics to vote for Hitler. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and yeah, it was far, also more, in- far, far worse than that. What he did yeah. is he he and Hitler uh, spent uh, long periods of time negotiating a deal. And the deal that they negotiated uh, said that uh, the Roman Catholic Church would acknowledge amongst all Roman Catholics in Germany and then throughout Europe that the Nazis were the sole governing entity entity of uh, of germany and the rightful uh, governing entity of germany and would uh, allow them to essentially uh meld the catholic political party into the nazi party in return what the uh, roman catholic church was given was unfettered religious control over those Nazi Germans. So they, the, the deal was, you give us, it's the same deal that, you know, that existed throughout Europe, is this uh, amalgamation of, uh, of church and state, and they're saying, in essence, that uh, we will endorse you as the head and the legitimate government if you uh, acknowledge that we are the only legitimate religion. And so the religion intermixing is Babel. They uh, they mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Um, it's like Christianity and uh, and government hand in hand. There is no mm-hmm. separation of church and state, just as there uh, there uh, was none uh, back there at at that time. So uh, well, the, the second topic was was just the United States with its corporate power and IBM that they gave the list to the Nazis on where, when they went into town, they knew where all the Jews were. And had them yeah, that's IBM course, computer yeah. cards. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's if it, just, if it, wasn't ah. for, if, if it wasn't for IBM, well, the Holocaust would have uh, have been diminished probably by over 90%. Yes, the only reason that Germans were able to go into a, uh, a, a town or city or community and show up at the door of Jews and say, you, you, and you, um, you're, check your name, give them a, a number, uh, steal their, uh, their goods, know how much wealth they had and what they owned, was because the IBM uh, card counting system was used throughout Europe uh, for census purposes. So uh, all Jews were registered in their assets and their names. Uh, and that's the system that uh, Watson, uh, who was the founder mm-hmm. and the head of, uh, of IBM, gave to the Nazi Germans and supported the, uh, the Nazi Germans developing 
uh, all of those itemizations. Matter of fact, uh, today's news shows that a, a really a macabre artifact of the Holocaust has just come up for auction, which is the very thing that uh, IBM sponsored, which is the uh, that tattoo where if you were a Holocaust uh, victim, you're, uh, you had a, uh, a number tattooed on your arm. That was part of the mm-hmm. IBM um, identification code. And the, uh, so the, those, uh, that, that tattoo, which was each number, had a series of, of needles dipped in uh, and the tattooing ink that was uh, immediately uh, stenciled onto um, all of the Jews who had been deprived of their liberty and, uh, and of their finances. So it's far more than Germans that uh, are anti-Semitic. Um, the Greeks are notoriously anti-Semitic. The Ukrainians are notoriously anti-Semitic. The French are notoriously anti-Semitic. And there's a lot of uh, rhetoric now in, in America uh, that uh, promoting anti-Semitism. And a lot of it is actually from progressive Jews who have just lost their ever-loving mind. Uh, but the conspiracies, they, the core of conspiracy is blame the Jews. So Scott is just saying, if you are conspiratorial, if you are religious, if you are political, all of these entities are are abusive to my children. And then you might say, well, you know, uh, the United States supplies uh, Israel with aid. Yes, and we supply Israel's enemies with aid, like uh, Jordan and uh, and Egypt. Uh, and this week, Biden, and goes Biden, on. Yeah. yeah, Biden gave Saudi Arabia six hundred and approved six hundred billion dollars worth of missiles. Yes, and, 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 and weapons, uh, and we yeah. and, and and Trump was uh, was a hundred billion dollars worth of, uh, of weapons to uh, to a government that has a mass murdering lunatic at its uh, at its head, and uh, it, it is stunningly asinine. I mean, the only reason that that Saudi Arabia wants uh, weapons is uh, is to make it impossible for its people or any other nation to rebel against its illegitimate authority. Um, but yeah, we are we are the supplier of weapons to Israel's enemies, and the Biden administration has done exactly everything we had said they would do. That while Trump was uh, overwhelmingly pro-Israel. The Biden administration has been decidedly anti-Israel and is now uh, promoting again the uh, the two-state fiasco uh, and is uh, is uh, doing everything they can to provide lip service in favor of the Palestinians over the uh, over the Israelis that are being terrorized by them. So the list of Gentile nations where Jews have been victimized. And it includes every nation in Europe and the Middle East. God sent Zachariah to these places because he wants the people living there to realize that by abusing Jews, they were assaulting God's children. And I'm here to tell you that I'm, I'm anti-violence. I will, I will do everything I can to try to use words to convince people that they are wrong. And yet... If you uh, abuse my children, uh, I'm justified in coming after you. Mm -hmm. And now 
the person who has the grievance is God. And by abusing Jews, who are the favorite target of of uh, Muslims and uh, of Christians and of progressives, by abusing God's children, God has every right to come after them. And he's going to do so. Mm-hmm. And this lone appearance in the, the prophets, uh, Baba, is the uh, most always rendered uh, pupil, where I have uh, written his little children from his viewpoint, whom he adores. That's how I translated ba, which means with or in, baba, uh, ain, uh, you. Yes. And so they will write baba. Uh, they will always translate baba as uh, as uh, pupil of the eye or apple of one's eye. Uh, there is no reference to fruit in the uh, in the word. There is no reference to focus in the word. Uh, Baba uh, is uh, particularly followed by Hugh, would be his youngest family members from his Ain perspective, and therefore the focus uh, Ain would be to uh, it, uh, is an I, so it's. Uh, it's uh, viewpoint or focus or what you can see. So, uh, and Baba uh, is is um, uh, from the sound that a a young lamb ba ba or a baby baba baba uh, will make, um, and particularly the uh, the lamb, it it is a transliteration of the sound that they make, and it it, it speaks of little children. And so bab, Baba means Ba, Baba would be uh, with or concerning little children. Uh, Ain, viewpoint, what uh, can be seen, uh, Hugh, his. And yet they want to make it the pupil of his eye or the apple of his eye. But Baba speaks of children, of babies, uh, and of a parent's devotion to a child. A child who is so loved by a parent, they have become preoccupied with it and are uh, uh, imitating the, uh, the infant's prattle is a, a good definition of the word. Now, the sound of the world, the word is not uh, only be, be but, uh, or ba, ba, but also similar to that, as I said, of the young lamb, ba, ba, um, Yahweh's perception of Yehudim, Yisrael, and Gentile covenant members is that we are his little sheep. We're his flock. Yeah. Uh, those and it, it's it's like uh, you know if the mountain lion comes after the uh, the sheep and you're a shepherd, you're going after the and mountain lion. Go get it. Yeah. yeah, and you know the mountain lion is 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 not immoral. It's just hungry, and you're still going to yeah. go after it. The yeah, those who have abused Jews aren't hungry. They're they're just disgusting. Yeah. So those who have robbed Jews and who have worked them to death will have their ill-gotten gains confiscated and returned to those from whom it was unjustly taken. The Yatza Exodus will be reprised in yet another way. You know, as the the Israelites, the children of Israel, were leaving Egypt, the mm-hmm. Egyptians gave them vast loads of uh, yeah, of yeah. Uh, things, clothing, cooking utensils, gold and silver. Gold and silver, uh, yeah. And, and, and it was 
it was uh, retribution uh, uh, and uh, it was uh, recompense, if you will, for having been there 400 years as slaves. And so uh, as the, uh, the people are being called out of these abusive countries, out of the modern incarnation of Mitzrayim, God's going to have those who have abused Jews have their wealth confiscated. So it, it reads as follows. You may want to pay attention because I will wave my hand over them and they shall have their possessions confiscated by those they treated as their slaves. Then you will know that Yahweh of the Assembly of Spiritual Envoys has sent me. Now, this, by the way, is Zachariah speaking. This is another example of yeah. This is this isn't Zachariah's voice. Okay, that way, man. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. He's, because he could not have said it. This then you will know that Yahweh has sent me. Therefore, this isn't Zachariah's voice. And so God loves to work through people, and Zachariah is is the prophet who speaks prolifically about the time prior to Yahweh's return and he's been given this role so you should pay attention I will wave my hand over them and they shall have their possessions confiscated by those they treated as slaves then you will know that Yahweh of the spiritual envoys has sent me Uh, there will be retribution there will be recompense it is a it's a concept we've lost sight of in the progressive world of uh, no responsibility. But uh, that's not God's world. Mm-hmm. Zachariah realizes that the Israelites have earned a bad reputation for ignoring and discounting Yahweh's prophets. So he tells those who would rather listen to their own that when what he is revealing transpires as it uh, has been disclosed, the fulfillment of the prophecy will demonstrate that Yahweh has uh, sent him to uh, alert them. Now, the difficulty of this is Zacharias already said this is after the uh, glorious appearance. So, the people who are going to know that, uh, that Zachariah were sent are covenant members and those who are now having their, uh, their wealth confiscated from them. That's part of recompense is, is knowing that you didn't get away with it. Um, so yeah. that's going to be a part, a part of this period of time, particularly between Yom Kippurim and uh, and Sukkah uh, uh, in year 6,000 Yah. So you can mark your calendar. You can uh, warm up your vocal cords. You can be ready to sing if you're among those who have been guided to the signs posted along the way, Zion, between Dode's home and Yahweh's. The choir will be assembled on October 2nd, 2033 on Yom Kippurim, which commences at sunset. Zechariah 2.10. Sing and rejoice, the daughters of Zion, for behold, I am coming, and I will dwell in your midst, prophetically announces 
Yahweh. Simple statement. A, uh-huh. when God returns, it isn't a fearsome day for those that he is returning to embrace. They're going to sing. Who is he talking about? When daughters about, of Zion, mm-hmm. when I am coming to dwell in your midst, it's Israel. Yes. Zion is in Israel. He isn't coming for Roman Catholics. He's not coming for Americans. He's coming for his people, Israel. Therefore, all of the claims of the church that it's right to exist <clears throat> is because they replaced Jews is a lie. Yes, all that. Yes. And it's Yahweh who is returning. Not Jesus. Not Jesus. It's Yahweh. Throw away your God-forsaken Christian New Testament. It's not true. And for the rabbinic Jews, sorry, but the principles upon which Judaism is based are also untrue because it says, I will return, I am coming, I myself will arrive, and I'm going to dwell and live and remain in your midst. And oh, by the way, he has a name, the name that no religious Jew will say, which means there'll be no religious Jews that are part of the covenant that are going to be celebrating on this day because his name is Yahweh. That's a lot in a brief statement. It is from this moment on, on the day of reconciliations and forevermore that Yahweh will be residing in the midst of his people. And as we are about to discover, God's eternal family will be comprised of some goyim, too. When you speak of global warming, can you imagine how warm it's going to be when the most powerful, energetic in the universe? source yeah. of, uh, of light in the universe is, uh, is on this planet? <laughs> Well, thank goodness, we'll melt the, uh, the Arctic, we'll melt the, uh, the Antarctic. Um, winter will be a thing of the past. It's going to be not. Everybody's going to have the same opportunity that I have. I can walk outside first thing in the morning or in the middle of the night in the dead of winter with my uh, shorts, uh, short sleeve shirt and some flaps and feel really comfortable. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, and, and I like it that way. I've, uh, I'm quite convinced the entire world will be uh, that way. I, there's a reason that Adam was comfortable uh, with the Chawa in uh, the Garden of Great Joy and Gan Eden without a stitch of clothing. Now, I, I would be happy to to go all natural, <laughs> too, but the neighbors, the neighbors might complain <laughs> or faint or I don't know. I but, uh, neighbors, so, yeah, yeah, so we're going to go. We do have, uh, yeah, never mind. But anyway, yeah, uh, clothing is not optional at, uh, in this world. Yet. It says, and numerous Gentiles shall and engage in the relationship with and accompany Yahweh at that time. And they shall become my people as part of my family. Then I will live and remain in your midst. And you will realize that Yahweh of the Assembly of Spiritual Envoys has sent me to you.
you know, these, I, I'm going to go out here on a limb and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, let's call it, I'm going to go off on a uh, Shamak branch, uh, the one that represents Dove, and say that had it not been for these books and these shows, that would not have occurred. There would not have been a significant number of Gentiles that Yahweh would have considered family. Because all of the Gentiles that Yahweh is considering family came to know his name as Yahweh. They came to know that there were five conditions uh, to Mm -hmm. the covenant, and they have accepted them. They've come to know that there are seven invitations to meet with Yahweh, and they attend them. They know yeah. that God has one source of teaching, that it is Torah, that his uh, chosen language is Hebrew. They know these things. And I think prior to this program, there just weren't any Gentiles that knew these things. No Jews, for that matter, either. So the very fact that there is a meaningful number of Goyim is largely because Yahweh saw fit to um, invite, encourage, ask a Goyim to awaken his people while simultaneously sharing this message with all who would listen such that there would be Goyim who would join Israel, who would become the equivalent of Yahudim, um, beloved of Yah. pretty powerful statement. Now, what that means is, uh, again, rabbinical Judaism is wrong. Because the only way that you can um, immigrate to Israel now and get uh, Israeli citizenship is to pass muster with the rabbis and to have the rabbis check you out and be convinced that you have converted not just to Judaism because they despise Reformed Judaism, they despise Orthodox Judaism. They only accept the most primitive, uh, limiting, Babylonian version of the religion, um, which is uh, the uh, Hadithic ultra-Orthodox. And yet to be part of this family, you not only aren't Jewish by ethnicity, you are not engaged in Judaism. So once again, Yahweh is at odds with the rabbis. It is, uh, I think, a deserved yet hilarious turn of fate. Those who consider themselves rabbi, rab, uh, greatly exalted and esteemed as rabbis, will be cast aside on these days while the Gentiles, they despise are incorporated into Yahweh's family. This is not because God is turning away from his people, don't make that mistake, or that he prefers Goyim to Yehudim, because that is not true. Hmm. He is clearly coming to reside within Israel, and he just said, I'm going to strike out against those who have abused my little children, which is the children of Israel. But these Goyim have joined Yahweh in support of his people. They are covenant, and they're, thus they are family. Uh, our yeah. mission since we started 
was to awaken Yisrael and Yahudim and call Yahweh's people home. Recognizing that Yahweh said there is one Torah for Goy and for Yisrael. There's only one set of, of annual meetings. There's only one covenant. Mm-hmm. Only one God. And so by doing our primary mission, which is to call Yisrael and Yahuda home, uh, that message has resonated with as many Goy as it has with uh, Yehuda, with Jews. Yeah. And God was explicit saying that, that simultaneously Goyim, Goyim are going to listen and the Goyim who become covenant aren't rejecting Israel. They're rejecting Judaism. They're not rejecting Jews. They're embracing Jews. They're embracing Israel while denouncing those things which are hostile to his people, foremost among them of those things, is Judaism. Now, Kirk, I, I know that uh, you yeah. did a, uh, a quick study on, not a, uh, well, I don't know how quick it was, but you did a study on, uh, on Babel, and we keep on referring to that. What did you learn about uh, Babel and how it relates perhaps even to Bible? Well, let me, let me, let me grab it here. <laughs> this, was just, this was just for fun. So sometimes it's okay. got to be fun. The, um, I was noticing when I did uh, um, Babel, Babel, confusion, mm-hmm. all those things were correct. There was nothing different mm-hmm. from that to find. But it was quite interesting. You know, I like to play with the letters, and we've talked a lot about the direction they go and what they apply to. And when you look at the word Baal or Baal, uh, it, has, it starts out with the bet. It's the first letter going from right to left, followed by a limb. Mm-hmm. A uh, sh- shepherd's staff, and then I, I yes. suggest to you that it means to yes. lead away from the house or the home, and it's the root. Uh, it's also the root meaning of to mix and confuse and commingle, of course, in this in the standard lexicons. Then kibble, I started looking through all these words. So, so bab- babble is babble is uh, is a home, a home, and a shepherd's staff, and bell, which would be yeah. the and babble means lord. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, well, Baal means uh, Lord, uh, which would mm-hmm. be uh, 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 either uh, uh, the uh, uh, Baal was the name of the Babylonian head of the Babylonian mm-hmm. uh, religion, and so it's uh, a home and shepherd staff with the shepherd staff pointing away from the home. That's the way I look right. at it. I mean, I don't yes. know how I could get it in yes. anything else. But and and, so and Babel is two is two homes. Two homes. So religion and politics uh, again, and the shepherd staff uh, reaching out really? away from it. Mm-hmm. Going in the wrong direction. Going in this right. case away from home. Right. Um, and BBL would also be the closest uh, Hebrew equivalent to Bible. Yeah, I, yeah. I noted that at the at the end. Yeah. Right. Uh, where Bell, and, uh, uh, you away from the yes. And if we were to do Bath Bell, uh, that's a uh, a compound of Ba with and Bell the Lord. Mm-hmm. So Babel so, Bible means with the Lord yes. and the Lord is Satan. Yeah. As a word, it means to intermix and to confuse. 
it, it is the strangest thing that you uh, could think to do. And, 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 and I love the term twisting. It's kind of came in our vernacular very much like, uh, like uh, um, uh, Fagostinians. You know, the, mm-hmm. it, does, it does mean to twist. It means to mix and to twist, every, twist and turn it into a lie. And if you yeah. just go down anywhere you see, uh, I was looking for negative connotations if it's appropriate in so many of the words. Wherever you have the bet lamb sequence, if you have like Hebel was a worthless breast, breath, mm-hmm. you know, the son, uh, son of uh, Chawa. You have home of Baal or, or Babel. We've got that one we just did. We've got Ebel with the Aleph. Uh, 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 bet and lamb, which means mourning the dead and flowing of tears. You've got Sobel, uh, which is a heavy burden. You've got Shebel, which is a symbol of slavery, captivity, snare of the wicked and distress, sorrow, perverted, ruined, destroyed, and deal corruptly. And I thought, wow. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter which you proceed bell with, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's going in the, it's going away from home. Yeah. Kebel uh, is a, is a, a slave, a slave in, in, uh, in, in shackles. Uh, mm-hmm. a, yeah, Hebel, as we learned, that's uh, uh, the, uh, the a, a worth, son a of, uh, of Chawa becomes a worthless yeah. breath. Babel is the home <laughs> of Babylon to intermix, to twist, and to confuse. That's really bad. Yeah, is mourning for the dead and flowing of tears. Sobel is mm-hmm. a heavy burden, and mm-hmm. uh, Chebel is uh, is being a captive. Just all of the above, ruined yeah. and destroyed. Yeah. So it, it yeah. is not good to be a bell. No, it's not good. <laughs> or, or to, to name your your group after it. Yeah, a Bible toter. And then you. But on the other hand, I thought it was quite funny. I, I quickly looked for some positive ones and. Uh, uh, Lev, of course, is heart, uh, points in the direction of home, heart or mind, understanding, wisdom. Uh, okay, and, and the Bush, difference here now mm-hmm. is that the uh-huh. shepherd's staff oh, is yes. pointing now we got the towards staff the home. Leading us to, so leading all you're us now home. you're doing, right, so now what you're doing is looking at words that uh, have the uh, the Lamed and the uh, Bayaf in them, right. but in, in the opposite order. order, in reverse right. order, so that they... So uh, Right. So Everything staff- we do is point. We're we're pointing people home. Everything about mm-hmm. the, the things that have resonated with me for the fourteen, I guess, odd years now, has been um, uh, how do I find my way home? And the the path along the way is is uh, through the Moed Mikro. It is the joining of those things and doing those things, participating in those things. It is the easiest. I find the easiest thing in life to pursue Yahweh. It is the way to get there. He says, this is the way. If you want to be part of my family, this is the way. There's nothing difficult about it. There are some consequences of walking away when your family doesn't want to go with you. But mm-hmm. um, that's a choice you have to make on any situation that you're allowed to confront, whether relatives, friends, or associates. But in this case, every time you find the lamb going to uh, the med, in this case, yeah. in a modern term, of a mad going to the bed, is uh, you find something's rather uh, positive. The uh, one is yeah. clothed and protected in a garment. I, I think in terms of garment of light. Uh, yeah, the bush. White. The bush. Uh, white is white uh-huh. is always a symbol of purity. Uh, the uh, Laban. Yeah, Laban is uh, is it means mm-hmm. white. Yeah, white LB and light. Yes, yeah. Pure. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So uh, Shaleb is interesting. That's a protective symbol uh, leading up to it. But it's the, the meaning, if you look it up, you'll find it means fat or the cream and the richest part of the milk. Uh, yeah. Which I, there's not, nothing negative about that. But the one I like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw in for you, you and me. And, and, and Both all Paint and yeah. Asher endorsed the last one. Abs- absolutely. And that's Caleb. Yes. But you have yeah. uh, a welcoming hand that, uh, you know, because they welcome you at the door. Uh, and the uh, leading you home, and if uh, yes. that's a dog, how positive yeah. I said is Yeah, that? and of course, Caleb is a compound of whole, which uh, means yes. all, and Leb, heart, and so it means uh-huh. uh, all, uh, all heart. heart. Yeah, all love, or <laughs> uh, in the actually the case of Hebrew, it would be mm-hmm. uh, uh, all uh, all. Uh, Thoughtful and uh, and exercising good judgment with the dog probably yes, be the, mind, the, the, the most the cerebral yeah. of uh, of all animals in terms of their ability to recognize human language and respond to it. Mm-hmm. And to, so, to show great loyalty. That was loyalty just my entertainment pleasure. Yeah, that was my yeah, entertainment pleasure for myself. Yeah, and uh, the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah well, you know, the, you you are the one that uh, that that found. That uh, when a when and it's not just in letters that their was name, but what you found is that any time that one of the directional letters, which I guess there are nine or ten of the twenty-two, yes. I guess there are ten, nine uh, nine uh, read from uh, from right to left, which is the direction that Hebrew reads. So nine of the ten directional letters flow from right to left. Uh, one mm-hmm. flows the other way, which is the uh, the uh, Gimel the foot, uh, and uh, so it's walking in the wrong direction. Uh, and that anytime you have a word in Hebrew where the uh, the letters look towards a letter in Yahweh's name, um, it's positive. And if they look away from the letters in Yahweh's name, the uh, the connotation of the word is decidedly negative. And to hear, uh, since Yahweh and his and Dode, his shepherd are associated with the Lamed shepherd staff. Yahweh announced that, uh, that Dode was the shepherd for his people. Uh, if, if the home, uh, if the staff is facing away from the home, uh, then uh, that's a bad thing. But if the staff is, the business end of the staff is pointing towards the home, that's a good thing. Coleb, as an example, just Coleb, Lebush. Consider one other thing, too, in 2011, I think it is, where it said, Wa Rob Goim, numerous esteemed Gentiles, was your translation, which is good. Uh, uh-huh. when, you look at, when you look at the Goy, the root, uh, which is uh, the G and the O-W or the W, that means the core people. Um, uh-huh. this, is kind of the core, this is kind of the core people of the Gentiles that have recognized Yahweh. This group that we get to participate with all the time, and it's also the, it also can be the back. I mean, I'm, I may be overdoing it, but the, it also means the back or the part that lifts the weight. I have to say, when I put that down, I thought to myself, well, you know, nobody's lifted the weight, lifted more weight than, and I'm not just shining you on. I'm telling you know, we're friends, and I can talk to you this way. Huh? It's your back work, your back breaking work, and all this. I know it's been a joy to do it all, but it's hard, yeah. hard to get up and get do this all the time. I do very 
such a small portion, it wears me out. But uh, watching you work and being close enough and being able to associate with you and see how, how much is put in this and reading these things, my goodness. And then you go to the Jackies and, and all the others mm-hmm. that are analyzing yeah. this. And uh, forgive me, I rather than call yeah. up everyone's name. Um, the, I call them Team Torah or Torah Team, whatever you prefer. Yeah. These people that work on this great thing to make sure that it comes out a beautiful product at the end. Yes. Um, that's, uh, yeah. They may be goy. But just like from the beginning when Abraham, uh, when he was talking to Abraham, that anyone who is not part of his family that wants to uh, abide with them, be with them, uh, participating with them in the same way, uh, they're, they're all Yah's children. So yeah. the invitation is good. So uh, any case. Yes. Yeah. So, all that so God, comes God is, uh, is being uh, quite clear with us here that there's going to be a lot of Goyim who are going to be considered family with uh, Yah. And that means that when he returns, we're going to be right there with him at his side. And we will have, uh, to some degree, earned that distinction by the fact that Yahweh introduced himself to us uh, and yes. we embraced the opportunity. We, uh, we said, yes, go away. We said, we didn't tell him, no, we like these other names for God better. We, we like the pretend gods better. Or we like our religion better or our politics better. Uh, we listened to what God had to no. say. Uh, we you acted away, upon, man. yeah. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> translating uh, uh, passages now for, uh, the instructions volume, the volume two of uh, an introduction to God. And there's just a series of, of Torah recitals where God's saying that I want you to listen to my choke, uh, which are the mm-hmm. prescriptions for, uh, uh, for living that uh, are inscribed that cut us into the relationship. And I want you to uh, pay attention to my misfot, which is the means to exercise good judgment. Uh, as these things are presented in my Torah, and if you do that, you're going to live. And then he'll come back and say, okay, uh, let's reemphasize this. I want you to observe, which is to closely examine and carefully consider, uh, my, uh, my uh, mishvat, which are the, uh, the instructive conditions of the relationship agreement of the covenant. Uh, and then I want you to observe my lamed, which is my teaching, so that you can asha, which is to act upon what I have uh, upset, and then uh, you can inherit all that I have to give. Uh, yeah. God's not asking a lot of us, and what he does ask, what he does ask is very uh, enjoyable, very rewarding, it's liberating, it's invigorating, it's empowering, it's enlightening. Um, it's the best thing you can do with your time. Uh, it provides a, a, an absolute uh, marvelous two perspective on the world. Uh, I began this show by talking about a number of things that have devolved um, recently, uh, creating a very hostile environment uh, and a dismal future for humankind. But these were mm-hmm. not surprises to us We've been talking about these things for five, ten years. years now. And the ability to, to 
to recognize them. And we diagnosed the fraudulent nature of Black Lives Matter in its first week. We recognized the fraudulent nature of woke uh, the first time it was used. We've recognized critical race theory being uh, inconsistent with reality immediately. We recognize uh, you can go back 10 years and back at the time it was called global warming as opposed to climate change. And I told you mm-hmm. specifically how that and the war on terror were being collectively used to rob you of your freedom, the very the opposite of what Iowa wants, and to use fear to manipulate you. The first week that we became aware of COVID-19 and began to say, this is what's going to happen. This is why it's counterproductive. Uh, The reason that we have consistently been right on all these things and very, very seldom wrong is because what we have accomplished by studying Yahweh's Torah and prophets is that Our perspective now is Yahweh's perspective. We have been enlightened and enriched. We look at the world through his eyes. He told us what was going to happen. He told us why it was going to happen. He told us why we should be wary of religion and politics and be opposed to them. He told us how they manipulate people. And so from the education that Yahweh has given us, we're able to look at the world like unlike anyone else and read right through the uh, the news and say this is reality this is the mm-hmm. truth of the matter the powerful gift that he has given us and yes, sir. one of the advantages too is that with all of that then we can uh, be completely relaxed without live without fear we know where we're headed uh, we know where the world is uh, headed. There are no surprises, and there's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. And it's not going to it's going to protect us the whole way as the world gets really nasty. I mean, that's the 91st Psalm and on and on. So um, I I just don't even worry too much. It sads me to see what the world is doing to itself, but I I don't yeah. worry for myself. I don't worry for myself at all. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being able to present on this program the uh, the why you why me um, chapter and then oh, the following one on too. the the last witness. It is uh, um, so clear how Yahweh has chosen to use us uh, and why He's chosen to use us, which has nothing to do with us and all to do with His people. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, end. We'll read this. We'll come back to it uh, next week. Right. And so then, Yahweh will legitimately receive and possess his own. Yahuda, as his apportionment of the ground which is set apart. He will choose Jerusalem once again and forevermore. So how do you get a Vatican and a Roman Catholic Church? How do you get a Mecca and an Islam? How do you get a progressive mindset and a one-world government? 
How do you have a confab on global warming and uh, and uh, make it sound like that is the great God? Yahweh says, my place that is my own that I'm going to possess, it's Yahuda. That's my apportionment, God is saying. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to choose Jerusalem. So, you know, Muslims, that uh, you want it to be your uh, trophy... Sorry, it's not yours. It never was yours. It's God's, and he gave it to his people, and he's reclaiming it on behalf of his people. And so long as you remain a Christian or a Muslim or one of these moronic progressive liberals from a European or country um, advocating the two-state solution where Jerusalem goes to the Muslims, you're going to be on the outside looking in. And you're not even going to be able to look in very long. And then you're gone. God's choosing it, and he's not going to include you in his plans. Um, And God's not just choosing it for uh, a little while. It is forevermore. And this forevermore begins upon his return, which does make the replacement theology foundation of Christianism, Christianity, highly suspect, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed it does. Yeah. So we'll return to uh, this point uh, next week. Um, I uh, appreciate you being uh, with us, Kirk. I enjoyed your analysis. I'm so much richer by uh, by your your angled, your your the, the pointing of the letters. Only an artist with perspective is going to uh, figure that out with the the, uh, the pictograph uh, letters. Yeah. Now we y'all gave me yes. something. Yes. So thank you very much, and may uh, Yah bless you all. And we look forward to being with you next weekend. Oh, by all means, am I ever looking forward to this Shabbat? And I hope it is a a restful day. Uh, this evening and tomorrow we've been busy around here. Even my dog can't stay awake from the, the show. We have a new puppy yeah. and, uh, oh, yeah. uh, a- Asher, uh, who is, uh, our, uh, our, what I call a Jewish lab because she's, uh, too smart for her own good. Sometimes, uh, a little, uh, uh, stubborn. Um, uh, Asher is, um, uh, using the puppy's bed as a pillow. <laughs> so, of course, and she is just snoring, which means that uh, she's saying, oh, my God, it was just too big a, uh, a week. We are really looking forward to going to bed, and I'm going to get a head start on you. So, yeah, it is good night time here. We hope you all have a wonderful Shabbat, and uh, may Yah bless. We'll be, look forward to being with you this time uh, next week. Uh, good night. Good night. Shalom, shalom. Bye-bye. <clears throat>